What's up, everybody? I am your host, Chris Hampton, and welcome to Episode 7 of the Power Company Climbing Podcast, brought to you by PowerCompanyClimbing.com. This thing's official. Seven episodes. Uh, That means we're doing it. We're going forward. It's no longer just a a thing we might try and see what happens. So, yeah, it's official. Uh, But first things first, we have some uh, open spots in our mobile app training uh, Nate actually is taking on some more clients. He's got some open spots. So if you guys want to get your summer training going and get ready for the fall, uh, feel free to go over to powercompanyclimbing.com and uh, hit the contact button. Shoot me a message. Let me know who you are, what you're looking to do, and we will get you set up if it's something that we think we can help you with. So yeah, hit us up. Uh, also, last time I talked to you, we were headed out, uh, actually I was headed out to Joshua Tree, or actually I was headed to Vegas and that didn't work out. It was the second wettest spring Vegas has seen in recorded history, so we bailed to Joshua Tree pretty quickly and uh, and just climbed some granite cracks, which was a ton of fun. I hadn't been there in a long time and uh, really enjoyed it. Granite's a little harder than sandstone for me, obviously, because I've spent a lot more time on sandstone. So it was great to get to hone those skills a little bit. And actually, we get into that a little with the, in this conversation with Carlo Traversi. Uh, however, we a couple more things. We also, Nate and I recently went to Akron, Ohio to the Rock Mill uh, to do a workshop, which uh, we felt really good about. We felt like it was really successful. So big thanks to the Rock Mill. Those guys have got an incredible community there. We really enjoyed Uh, the atmosphere in the gym, and the gym is really top-notch. So if you're ever in Akron, check out the Rock Mill. Also, a huge thanks to the New River Alliance of Climbers uh, for having me out to an event that they were having at the American Alpine Club campground. Uh, They they invited me to present something. Um, I love those guys. They just trusted me with whatever it was I was going to present. And I put together... A, uh, a slideshow and talk and performance of sorts, sort of a multimedia thing um, that I'm calling Float When Falling Is Not An Option, uh, that's just really based on um, my life evolving a- around the word float. And um, if you're interested, I'll be at the International Climbers Fest. I'm, I'm giving that same presentation on the Wednesday that starts the festival um, and that's in Lander, Wyoming, uh, July 13th through 16th. You can find info at climbersfestival.org. I'll also be doing the art walk. I'll have some of my art pieces there for sale. And I'll be doing a uh, clinic on learning how to climb and develop, climb with and develop power. Um, so yeah, check those guys out too, climbersfestival.org. Uh, and this trip to Lander is going to be a little different. Um, I just recently worked my final day at my former career of 17 years painting murals, and um, we're gearing up to move to Lander. 
And uh, this next year is just going to be mostly a travel year. So it's going to be all power company and traveling and doing workshops and climbing around the country. And uh, I'm pretty damned excited. So uh, hopefully I see you guys out there somewhere, either in Lander or uh, somewhere around the country at our workshops, which I'll be announcing later so that you know where you can find Nate and I and check us out. Um, on to this episode. I'm, I'm talking with Carlo Traversi, and if you have not listened to episode one, Carlo was our first guest, and uh, he had some really great insight into climbing with momentum, going big. Uh, Carlo's not a big guy, but he climbs big, So, uh, and he, he has a really great way of putting putting that into words that you can understand and into concepts that you can really grasp. So you should definitely go back to, and listen to episode one, and while you're at it, you should listen to two through six as well. Why not? Uh, today, what I'm talking about with Carlo is a concept he calls folding the sport back back over on itself, and I'll let him explain that to you. But uh, let's just suffice it to say that uh, Carlo is not just a one-trick pony. He, he's not just a boulder, how a lot of us see him. He's been sport climbing national champion. Uh, he's climbed 14-plus sport routes, hard trad, hard ascents in the alpine. He actually even onsighted the free blast after a year and a half or so of climbing, which he mentions to me in the interview, and I'm telling you way too much, so I'm just going to let Carlo uh, take it from here. Maybe don't know. Maybe don't. A long time ago, I, I reached the realization that the grades are basically meaningless to me. Really? High school, yeah. No kidding. Yeah, Are yeah. you both the same age? Did you uh, know no, each other was, in high school? Yeah, we knew each other in high school, but he was like three or four years older than me. So okay. he graduated like when I just basically started. So, but yeah, we knew each other well because our gym was really small. We all climbed at the same gym. So, but yeah, I grew up climbing with Kevin. So, cool. <laughs> yeah. So, so what I want to talk to you about um, basically, you've been kind of on this path that I really admire amongst climbers who are kind of at the top of their game in their respective niches of climbing you know and most people know you as a boulder even though you're you've been national sport climbing champion you've climbed hard sport routes you've climbed hard trad routes and what i didn't know that that you just told me is that you grew up learning to climb in yosemite yeah like that was your first climbing experience yep. and this path that you're on kind of taking boulder what you've learned in bouldering and applying it to new types of climbing or um, back to routes sport routes yeah. trad routes things like that is really admirable in my opinion and i see some other people doing that as well yeah so i'm, I'm psyched to just talk to you about cool you know how you're taking what you've learned and turning it into these other aspects of climbing yeah absolutely and you, you've over the past couple of years, you've spent about six months in Yosemite. You said, yeah, I spend usually every for the last two years. I've spent October, November, December in Yosemite, um, just for bouldering purposes, just because there's so much development to be done there. Um, 
it's also i have like a really a soft spot for yosemite since i grew up climbing there sure um and it's a place that i wasn't near and didn't have the opportunity to go to for quite a few years when i lived out in colorado Mm -hmm. um and now i have the opportunity to go there um, and visit my family who I don't see that often um, in Northern California and then go climbing in Yosemite. And, um, for me, it's a cool place because it's, especially within the bouldering scene, it's really quiet. There aren't really that many boulders that go there. Sure. Um, there's a dedicated crew from the Bay Area, some people from Southern California that'll come up, but you see very little action, especially in the wintertime. Um, if you're there during the week, during in the wintertime, there's basically no one there. Um, and, and that's it's important to me to have that solitude and to be able to kind of just do what I want to do and um, experience that kind of just the majesty of Yosemite and, and be a part of the history of all of, of the climbing that's gone on there in a very quiet way, because there's no one there in Yosemite that time of year, either no tourists or at least very little tourists. Right. It's a really, really quiet time of year. And it's just a nice time to enjoy one of the most beautiful valleys in the world. And what about the, you know, the track climbs and the walls there, are you, are you going there specifically because you can, um, kind of hone your techniques that you, that you haven't been practicing as much over the last few years and to take them elsewhere? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think Yosemite granite is one of the most demanding climbing mediums out there, um, requires a lot of finger strength and really, really precise footwork more than I think anywhere else on the planet. I think even more than font. Yosemite footwork is the hardest I've ever been on. Yeah. Um, I don't know why mm. it's different than other granite areas. Um, maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's just the way that the valley formed or the way the granite is there, but it is by far the most demanding for footwork. Um, and that's always something that I felt was extremely important for um, myself and my own progression in climbing and being a better potentially big wall climber or um, better at long traditional routes um, and just better at, at just being a, a good rock climber was to um, learn the Yosemite style and master the Yosemite style. Um, and I've still, in the last you know two years that I've spent six months out of it there, um, I still feel like I'm not close to mastering it as well as I want to. Yeah. And I will continue yeah. to climb there as much as possible to master that style. And are, do you think that, I know we talked a little bit about this uh, over breakfast today, but um, do you see the future of difficult climbing um, for the sport in general going kind of the same direction that that you're starting to head as well? Yeah, I think that I think that bouldering is going to tap out. I think it kind of has, whether people were willing to accept it or not. Um, I mean, there really aren't the V16s in the world are debatable. Right. in terms of their difficulty. Sure. Um, I feel like that people, there are plenty of climbers that have come along and the problems that have been suggested at V16 may not be V16 for other people. Sure. Um, yeah, they're going to be very body specific, very they are. condition dependent. You know. Everything. It's going to go, everything's going to go into that. I think I think that there are V15s in the world for sure. I mean, there's plenty of them. And I think that those, those numbers have progressed to that point where those grades are warranted, um, where they s- distinguish themselves beyond V14 in multiple ways for multiple climbers. Right. Um, I think V16 though is is very difficult to, um, it's t- difficult to tack that number on with any sort of certainty. And, yeah. and it's been clear over the last five or six years that that's kind of been impossible to do. Sure. Um, every V16 that's been put up has later been 
called easier or or whatnot. Yeah, nobody's been able to really like stick the V16 flag in the exactly. ground and, and yeah. stand by it. You know? And and a lot of people have different theories as to why that's the case. But my theory is that maybe boulders don't aren't going to be possible at that level. You know, maybe maybe there is a, a limit for what our skin can hold on to, mm-hmm. um, and what we're we're capable of doing at this point in climbing um maybe with the shoe technology that we have who knows it could be a variety of different factors this and this is just a theory i may be wrong on this but um i think that it's gonna tap out in most regards i think bouldering will get more specialized in certain ways um but that doesn't mean that the grades will will specifically continue to progress as they have over the last you know 20 years um and i think that with that we need to start looking at what the future of of, of what we can do with how we've, we, we need to look at how we've accomplished these bouldering skills and how we've, you know, harnessed this amount of skill to the point of the V15 level and how to apply it back to all other climbing. Um, and for me, that means taking those, those lessons we've learned in bouldering and those skills that we've gained in bouldering and going back to trad climbing and sport climbing. Um, specifically, I think trad climbing, just because it's it's the most purest form um and most like big wall and alpine climbs require a lot of trad climbing technique as well um and that that would be a really cool place to be bringing hard bouldering to yeah and you laid out this uh really interesting sort of progression of climbing uh for me this morning and i thought it was a really great visual um just folding it all back into itself that yeah. it's that it's kind of come from you know starting with trad climbing and then sport climbing and you know if if you could just lay that out for me again yeah absolutely that'd be great so i mean basically we started out a lot of people started out as you know not everyone but most of climbing started out as we have these challenges of these walls and mountains and stuff like that and we want to get to the top of them um and so people started tra- traditional climbing which is back then it was just known as climbing right that's all, the top was, of stuff. Yeah. that's all there was um and slowly we started finding that you know the cracks th- there were things that we wanted to climb that didn't have features to protect so we started bolting sport cliffs and right we moved the into devils sport came climbing. in and bolted exactly and we yeah. started bolting things you know and sport climbing <laughs> changed the way that trad climbing was and with sport climbing skills we were able to progress trad climbing a little bit further in some ways by adding bolts to you know l cap and stuff like that to protect free sections Mm -hmm. um and then you know it kind of progressed bouldering started off in that realm too in order to practice for those walls and practice crux movements for sport routes um, so we started progressing bouldering and then bouldering kind of became its own thing um, where we really pushed bouldering as far as we could possibly take it for the time being. Um, and now I feel like we're at this point where bouldering has hit kind of a standstill, um, but still the hardest actual moves on a trad route or on the hardest trad routes or the hardest sport climbs still are only you know, maybe in the V13 range and they're not nearly as hard as what people have accomplished bouldering. Right, So right. I think it's time to take that bouldering skills that we have and just fold it back over and apply it back to traditional climbing and sport climbing to, prote- to you know, progress those realms. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a cool time in climbing, I think. I think it's a really, it's a pivotal moment in terms of what we're gonna be able to accomplish in those realms over the next few years. But I do believe it's not within the bouldering realm. I think it's within... Um, applying strong bouldering technique to in dinos and you know really just kind of like much crazier movement and um, problem solving techniques to much bigger objectives yeah that's that's really cool and that's a great way to look at it um 
when you go back to, you know, when you when you start folding these things over and you go back to Yosemite and you get on a, you know, a, a five thirteen crack where the the hardest moves are, you know, the V grades are pretty small compared to what you're used to doing. Is there is there some frustration in in uh, having to build back through? any grades or is that something you relish the challenge of and just how do you deal with that? Yeah, I guess a long time ago, I, I reached the realization that, that grades are basically meaningless to me. Yeah. Um, I spent a lot of time trying to prove that within the bouldering realm by downgrading and upgrading right, things that right. I felt were different. And a lot of people know me as someone that loves to downgrade or loves. And for me, it was more of like a game just because I think grades are a game. They're, sure they're not, they they're not yeah. real they're they offer nothing to the experience outside of you know an ego boost to some people um and i think that they're completely they're wrong in most cases they, they don't right they're just not real um and yeah, i've always said they're a nice suggestion exactly and and it was it's always been funny it. to me when i downgrade stuff because people get so worked up about it but it's yeah. the reason why i spent time doing that and making a point of downgrading certain things is because i just wanted to prove that it's all meaningless it had nothing to do with me in terms of like ego stroking being like, oh, this is easier for me. Like you guys all suck or something like that. You know, it was never like that for me. I never wanted to like, the point was, it's just like, well, these people thought it was hard. I found a different solution. It feels easier for me to do it this way than other problems that I've done. So sure. I think the grade's that. Whereas mm. other climbs, I mean, it was funny because for so many years, people gave me crap for, for downgrading things. Mm. And then I went and upgraded Spectre to V14 for me when I did that. Right. And I thought that that thing was for me, felt harder than most V14s that I'd ever climbed, you know, personally. And then people got angry at me for upgrading it, thinking like, well, why does Carlo think he deserves V14 for it when everyone else thinks right, it's V13? It's right. like, well, you know what? It's because none of this is real. This, this Attaching a number to an experience on a climb is just completely ridiculous. Right. It's a suggestion for, for what you can expect the difficulty to be, but yep. that doesn't mean that that's how it's going to be. Yeah. So. But... But yeah, I mean, carrying on from gra for grades, I guess I, I've always had that perspective, at least for the last you know three or four years. So, so you um, just take the challenge as it is. You exactly. Don't... I mean, I've gotten booted by five ten off with in the valley, like on right. many occasions, and I just accept that is that's that is a specific challenge that I am not good at, and I want to get better at it. You know, um, and whether it's five ten or five fourteen, each individual experience is going to offer a new challenge, and there's no point in getting attached or feeling hurt by the number involved um in yeah. any direction i think so. it's great that you say that because a lot of the younger less experienced climbers you know see what what's put out there in the media and they see yeah. you as uh, a boulder and then if they really closely follow you they know that you've done some sport climbing yeah uh, but but nowhere out there are people talking about how carlo traversi fails on 510 <laughs> off with you know yeah. and so I think it's important for those younger climbers to see that you have to build up this big bag of tricks yeah. uh, for climbing in general. Um, and the bigger your bag of tricks, the better you're going to be at it. Exactly. And I mean, I mean, there's no, there's no career wise, there's no point in me going off with climbing, but I, I enjoy getting better at all forms of climbing. Right. So when I've been in the Valley the last few years, I've spent a, good portion of my time climbing like five, nine and five, 10 off with climbing just 
to get better at, cause I want to climb big walls and I know that there's going to be off with climbing involved in that. And sure. I want to have a mastery of that. I don't want to be bad at anything in climbing. I want to have an understanding of the techniques involved and feel comfortable on any type of terrain. Um, and so that's really important to me personally. And I spend a lot of time doing that. Um, you yeah, know, and I think that makes you just a better overall climber. You yeah. know, there are definitely specialists out there. Yep. So, um, and we, and we saw that in the, you know, the world cup with the hand jam yeah, yeah. fiasco <laughs> where all these, you know, V14 climbers were getting bouted by what looked a like five, a five, yeah, yeah, <laughs> hand crack, an yeah. easy, you know, bomber hand jam. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think it's important for people to see that, uh, somebody on, on your level of your caliber, uh, knows what a 510 off with is like yeah. and, and can go out and try these things regardless of yeah. the grade you know yeah. because they're just there are too many specialists out there as it is yeah and, and, and like think, you say yeah. i think the sport's gonna have a hard time progressing if everyone just specializes in one thing exactly and i think the specialization is cool but yeah i think it's good for people to focus on that specialization but also have the perspective that that isn't the most important thing in climbing is to necessarily be specialized you know um, I think some people are really, really good at what they do, but I think that they should try and find ways to apply that specialization into other forms of climbing in order to keep things progressing in a good way. Yeah, and we've here's just a totally kind of off the wall question for you. Um, we've recently seen you know, Emily Harrington freed El Cab, yeah. and obviously Kevin and Tommy on the Don Wall, and you know it was kind of a everyone expected it from tommy yeah you can sort of expect it from emily because she's been doing all this alpine climbing and yeah. mountaineering and you know she's definitely been pushing herself into new realms yeah. and and that doesn't take away from what you know how amazing her accomplishment is yeah absolutely um kevin was someone we knew as a boulder yeah uh and then he became this you know don wall conquering big wall <laughs> climber and yeah yeah is that somewhere you want to head yeah absolutely climbing yeah. bigger stuff and we're gonna are we gonna see carlo traversi you know free and el cap <laughs> i think yeah absolutely i think freeing el cap is a huge goal of mine um just a lifetime goal um and not just one route i'd like to free a lot of routes on el cap um very cool if, if i go after something like that it's not i don't really like to do like one-off things right um, if i'm committed to doing something like i want to master it so um i've been trying to hone obviously like off with technique and other crack climbing techniques um just in more single pitch stuff in the valley. Um, I've done a little bit of wall stuff, um, but not a ton. But I think, yeah, for the future, you're going to be seeing me on a lot more walls. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know when Tommy was injured, you went up to support Kevin. I did, yeah. And I was really surprised by that. I didn't, you know, I had never really thought of you as a, a big wall climber yeah. at all. So that caught me off guard for sure. And that's it, funny because I started off that way. Right. Like I started off climbing not big, big walls in Yosemite, but you right. know, six to 10 pitch climbs in Yosemite was like mm -hmm. what I did when I was like 15 and 16. Like I climbed free blast on site after like an, a year and a half of climbing, you know? Nice. And like, I mean, that's not like a huge accomplishment nowadays. I think some people could probably free solo it, but like for me then, you know, that was a, that was a cool experience to have, you know? And that was like middle of summer in like really, really hot yeah, conditions. And that, and and that like, primes you for it does. succeeding in, you know, these life goals that you've got yeah. because you've taken, those skills you learned, you know, on sighting the free blast and, yeah. and now you've got these V15 skills yep. and I think it'll be really interesting to see where you take it and where, 
the sport goes in general with all this, as you put it, you know, folding back over on itself. Yep. And uh, again, I really like that visual. I wish we had a, a little animation that we could just put up of yeah, the sport yeah, folding over on itself. Um, I yeah. think people will start to, regardless of whether, I think that people are already seeing that happening. Whether yeah, it's, it's, um, it's definitely going on. You know, and I think actually Chris, I think is one of the, the people that has started that whole movement because Chris yeah. Sharma was such a, a strong boulder and he pretty much quit bouldering right and started taking up sport climbing and i know he hasn't done much trad but just by taking what he had done in bouldering and moving it into sport climbing was already the start of that transition backwards um and i think that now it's just about taking it further and taking it to like big wall climbing um and, and yosemite i think offers the most opportunity for that of any place that i've seen in the world because of accessibility and the amount of rock that's there um and there are also like just an absurd amount of aid climbs that haven't been freed there that really could come down to a v13 boulder problem being able to connect it and right. free climb um, and i think that that possibility is extremely exciting very cool well i appreciate you sitting down again and talking with me and no worries, like i said man. i'm i'm looking forward to seeing where it goes you know i'm psyched that guys like you are interested in going and trying to free some of these hard crack climbs that are guarded by you know what a friend of mine calls nerd gates um that <laughs> yeah, you yeah. you have to be able to make it through this you know heinous little boulder problem to yep. get into the crack and and those skills are have just been developed in the last you know four or five years yeah exactly uh, so it'll be cool to see what happens cool man thanks for having me yeah Appreciate man no it. problem yeah you know it was back in 1982 todd skinner uh, was one of the leading forces in popularizing this bouldering revolution that was happening in Waco and uh, his reasoning was if we can do the single hardest move on any rock climb then we can do the rock climb and uh, that was my first inkling of this concept and, and because I'm on that same path now myself trying to take what I've learned in bouldering and what I've learned in sport climbing and and move it back in fold it back in if you will to uh, my trad climbing roots and take it into bigger arenas uh, it was really special for me to talk to carlo about it you know kind of on the the precipice of his journey so to speak as well uh, so yeah big thanks to carlo you can find him at carlotraversi.com um, don't forget about our ebook training plans uh, you can check those out at powercompanyclimbing.com also, be on the lookout for workshops coming to your area. We're really excited about them. They've been going really well. Uh, and I think people are getting a lot out of them as well as uh, Nate and I are. So be on the lookout. Um, also, like I mentioned before, Nate is taking on some new clients. So if you're interested in starting your summer training, hit me up. Uh, you can get me at powercompanyclimbing at gmail.com or you can just go to powercompanyclimbing.com and hit the contact link and that'll that'll send a message right to me um if you're in lander definitely come check me out uh, i've got a bunch of interviews coming uh, i've definitely been taking some time off from this thing just because i'm gearing up to move and trying to get out of the midwest now that the ridiculous can't breathe humidity is setting in and uh, yeah, I'll be talking to a bunch of people during the Climbers Festival. I've got some interviews lined up for OR, so I've got a bunch of good things coming your way. Next time. Hashtag, we build machines. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you don't know.